It is Wednesday here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada flying solo today as Mark Schofield is wrapping up a little bit of work that he is doing in preparation for the college football season. Only about three weeks to go uh, until we get to that first week. Actually, about four now until that uh, August 26th game that we have kicking off the season this year. But it is never too early to start talking a little bit of football in fact we've been doing it all through the summer we are going to continue that today and we are joined by one of our international correspondents here matt brown uh coming to us from over in the uk right now and matt i really appreciate you joining us because you have pretty much stayed up all night to be able to do this here (laughs) well thank you for having me and yes pleasure to be on Absolutely. Now, we have a couple pieces that we're going to go through here, uh, one focusing on uh, an NFL concept, another one talking about the college game. Let's start uh, with this NFL piece that you wrote, focusing on uh, the Seattle Seahawks and a formation they went to uh, a decent amount last year, which was a double-stack formation. Uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if you can start off just by talking about the genesis for this article and how you decided uh, that this was going to be a key topic to write on for you. Well, I'd, um, I'd noticed the Seahawks running this a fair bit last year. Um, but not as much as I'd have liked them to. Um, so I decided that it would be a good idea to write an article about it. And and when you talk about the uh, really the key concepts here, uh, explain to our listeners what the, the focus is and what this uh, offensive scheme is trying to do out of this formation. Well, with the two uh, receivers either side of the offensive line in the double stacks formation, uh, it spreads the defense out. So... Often teams come out in dime against it, meaning that it creates running lanes for a running back, making his job easier. And it also uh, creates simple passing concepts for receivers to understand. And a quarterback, it, it makes his job easier too. When you look at some of the, the passing concepts that the Seahawks run out of this formation, are there any uh, you know typical ones that they go to more often than not? Uh, yeah, they only ran last year uh, slants with the receivers on the line of scrimmage. They ran slants with the receivers off the line of scrimmage. They ran uh, sort of a bubble screen. Um, and then the receivers on the line of scrimmage also ran streaks. And that was it. But they do have the ability, I say, to vary it slightly. I mean, I know the, the Eagles under Chip Kelly last year, they ran uh, the same formation like Kelly did at Oregon. And they... Um, they varied their roots a bit more. So with this, obviously, you know, you're spreading, uh, spreading out a defense significantly just by stretching the field so wide with two of those receivers, uh, usually outside the numbers. That's typically where they'd be setting them up, correct? Yeah, yeah. And so you do have the possibility, as you mentioned, you can run some different route combinations uh, if they wanted to. Do you see this, you know, if, if you were sitting there and you're saying, okay, if I have, uh, you know, these four receivers stacked to the outside, what are some combinations that you may uh, look, this, look to see the Seahawks run in the upcoming season off this? Well, now they've shown streaks and slants out of it, obviously defense will be expecting that a bit more. So I, I may expect a curl because, again, it's quite a simple concept. And um, if a defense line's off the line of scrimmage against it, which I expect them to do at times, um, a curl would be a pretty easy one to do. 
In terms of the uh, the personnel that they used in this formation, um, was there any rhyme or reason as to who was typically up on the line of scrimmage versus who the receivers were that were set back in the stacked formation? Well, that's an, that's an interesting question. Um, last year, they seemed to vary that quite a lot. But this year, with um, a healthy Paul Richardson, you could have uh, Tyler Lockett and Paul Richardson off the line of scrimmage say bubble screens and both like the quickest wide receivers the Seahawks have I'd say and then on the line of scrimmage you could have Jimmy Graham who Rap Sheep thinks will be ready for the start of the season and Jermaine Kirst two more possession style wide receivers on the line of scrimmage so it's really it's it's really you know about getting those bigger receivers out there in places where they can make plays simply just kind of moving the chains and then get your little quick guys into space where they can move side to side and potentially find some seams to pick up, you know, seven to ten yards that way. Yes, and oh, and I also forgot Doug, Doug Baldwin. Um, he could be all line of scrimmage. He's route running to beat a man deep. When you talk about the uh, this formation, one of the things that you mentioned right off the bat was that this was also used to try to bolster. Uh, the Seattle running game somewhat. Can you talk a little bit about that and how this factors in, even though uh, it's a formation that doesn't appear to be a running formation right away? Well, firstly, the offensive line struggled a lot uh, with the running game. And this formation was first seen in week three, um, and it really helped the running game become what it should have been. Um, Then with Christine Michael, after Thomas Rules went down, and DeJuan Harris and Bryce Brown, the uh, newly signed people off the street, it helped them a lot because it creates clear running lanes. Whereas in a typical I formation, which Seahawks like to run the ball out of with Marshall and Lynch, it's a bit more difficult for them. They have to make more decisions. Is it just the fact that they are spreading the defense out here, or are they taking different angles on their blocks as well compared to out of that I formation? It makes, um, well, it, it negates the importance slightly of wide receiver blocking because they're still, they're still running a route and there's obviously a lot more space and running lanes because they're all spread out. And also with the offensive line, they can just do a sort of basic zone blocking rather than a more complex, say, pull in a guard or pull in a center. Did, did that seem to be one of the uh, the key areas of weakness last year was just w- in the running game, getting into those more complex schemes was where they really seemed to struggle? Well, I'd say that, I'd say that the, um, the spread formation and the simplicity cert- certainly helped. So, yeah, and as the offensive line uh, grew as a group, which is something Pete Carroll talks about a lot, um, as the offensive line uh, grew as a group, they sort of complicated it a bit more. We introduced uh, eye formation and more complex things. Now, looking at this uh, formation here, uh, you mentioned that the Seahawks lined up in this uh, alignment. Uh, I believe it was 13 times last season, but started to use it a little bit more towards the end of the year. Is this something that you expect them to deploy in a little bit higher percentage this year? I, I don't think they will because teams have more tape on it and as much as, as it would be interesting to see, Daryl Beryl likes to have just uh, wrinkles in his offense to throw out now and again rather than 
overusing something with teams getting used to it. For example, the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, when they conceded the touchdown to it, to Jermaine Curse, the only reason they conceded that touchdown was because the Seahawks had run streaks out of it previously and they did not expect the slant route. However, their defensive line was in probably the best alignment to stop the run game. Yep. And if the Seahawks had run inside zone read, which they had done on the previous occasion, they ran it in that game, um, it, it wouldn't have worked. So looking at this, you know, it, it sounds like this is just a wrinkle that they throw in one or two times a game. You still expect that to be uh, featured somewhat in uh, this year? Or do you think this is going to be something that is likely discarded uh, completely? I, 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 think they, I think they should keep it. I think they will keep it. Um, maybe once every other game. It's, it's hard to say. It depends how well the offensive line's doing. It would make it easier for the rookie running backs that they have. I'd like to see CJ Procise in it, the rookie. Yep. Um, he, I expect him to be the starting third down back. Um, Fred Jackson, he was that had that role last year, and he was slightly disappointing in the fact that, well, it's not really his fault, he's aging, but he didn't have the pace to really make the most of his opportunities carrying the football whereas pro size has that burst which would be really exciting especially with the open running lanes that i've talked about yeah i know a lot of people have been uh, eagerly anticipating uh seeing him lined up in that backfield this year and uh certainly i'm along those uh along the lines of the the people waiting to see that and i think this would be an interesting formation to see him out of given that quickness and burst as you mentioned let's turn now uh over to the college game and i know that you're working on uh some preseason player previews for the big 12 conference uh and i know that the first one that you put together uh was focused on uh, a member of the kansas jayhawks and difficult team to find some you know some positive signs on from last year with uh you know some some difficulty in a, a number of phases of the game uh but you pulled out anthony smithson uh who previously had actually spent his freshman year at hartnell college uh but talk to me a little bit about smithson and what he brings to this jayhawks team as a safety well, really, he is the only bright spot on that defense. I was being nice. Um, yeah, um, I'm, I won't beat around the bush. Yeah, Fish is a great name and also a pretty good player. He needs to become more consistent, but he, he saved a lot of touchdowns for that Kansas team. When you look at his skill set and the traits he possesses, uh, what are the things that stand out to you immediately upon watching tape? Um, his last-ditch tackling is very good, and also his scheme versatility. He was moved around quite a bit. They had him as a single high safety. They had him in too high alignment. They also had him uh, covering a man in the slot, so sort of like a, um, a Jalen Ramsey or Tyne Matthew. Uh, I wouldn't say he's on their level yet, but if he can work on the weaknesses of his game, he could be an intriguing prospect. Where do you see those, uh, what are the biggest weaknesses at this point that he needs to work on? I'd say his tackling, while he did make a lot of tackles, uh, I can't exactly remember the number, but it was a lot. His tackling's great, but he needs to improve the angles he takes on the ball. He should have had more tackles last year. And also in coverage against double move routes such as zigs, yep, or or, or an option route, he um, 
he struggles to stay with his man sometimes. But that that is partially due to um what I'd say is poor defensive scheme from Kansas. When you talk about his need to take better angles uh, on tackles sometimes, is that mostly when coming in towards the line of scrimmage, uh, or is it going uh, away potentially towards uh, some deep routes down the sidelines that you see the bigger issue? Well, I watched a fair few of his games last year, and the majority of the time it was when he was in pursuit of a runner coming at high speed, which, to be fair to him, is a very hard job. Um, The last line of defense, this runner's on a breakaway run because of a lot of missed tackles from other Kansas players, and he's just trying to make a last-ditch stop. He he did miss a few coming down the line of scrimmage, but nowhere near as many as he did uh, at, at the back end of the defense. In terms of uh, the way that safeties are used in the modern game, one of the key things uh, that safeties need to be able to do is uh, have great play recognition skills and the ability to identify and diagnose uh, a play early on just because offenses are so quick and have so many different weapons at this point. What does he show in terms of his mental ability uh, in this phase of the game? I'm very impressed by it for a, um, well, it's only second year in college football, um, well, Division One college football, and I'm very impressed by it. He has a nice quick back pedal. He uh, take, only takes a few steps to diagnose the play, particularly against screens. He's very impressive. Rarely gets fooled against fakes. Um, yeah, I'd say that's definitely a strength of his game. Very good. Well, Matt, what do you have? Uh, what's what's coming up next for you? I know that you're going through uh, the Big Twelve at this point and looking at some other players. What do you have uh, on tap for us over the next couple weeks here? Well, I think I'm going to be doing a player from Baylor, but I I will not be telling you which. You can wait and see. And very, very good. You got you you got the big market tees get down already. You're pretty much a pro there. Thank you very much. <laughs> and <laughs> in the. Uh, in the NFL, I'm going to be studying what, uh, well, similar to my Seattle piece, which is offensive formation breakdown. I'll be studying an offensive formation that Chip Kelly will certainly bring to the San Francisco 49ers. Outstanding. Well, Matt, I really, uh, once again, really appreciate you joining me today. And uh, I know that uh, you've done some great work so far with us uh, at Inside the Pylon. And we're pretty excited for, uh, for the fall season with you as well. So uh, we'll get you back on soon, okay? Well, thanks for having me. And I'm very excited to keep up the good work. Absolutely. Matt Brown from Inside the Pylon. We are out of time for the day today. Uh, We are going to have to unfortunately call it quits, but we are back tomorrow. Mark Schofield is going to be back in studio. If you are an SEC fan, make sure you tune in. I'm not telling you who we're talking about. I'm taking a cue from Matt here. But if you're an SEC fan, make sure you tune in because we're talking about one of the most potent running attacks in the conference tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. (laughs) 